I'm Katia Adler, host of The Global Story. Over the last 25 years, I've covered conflicts in the Middle East, political and economic crises in Europe, drug cartels in Mexico. Now I'm covering the stories behind the news all over the world in conversation with those who break it. Join me Monday to Friday to find out what's happening, why, and what it all means. Follow The Global Story from the BBC wherever you listen to podcasts. Xfinity has free premium networks for everyone this month, no matter what kind of entertainment you love. Addicted to true crime? Catch killer cases and more spine-tingling shows on A&E Crime Central. Crave adventure? Explore Asian action movies on Hayah. Searching for something extreme? Check out skating, snowboarding, and more on Fuel TV Plus, the global home of action sports. And find crowd-pleasing bops on iHeartRadio's Hit Nation playlist. There's new free shows and movies to love every week. Say free this week in your Xfinity voice remote. Asking the right questions can greatly impact your future, especially when it comes to your finances. So if you're looking for a financial advisor you can trust, certified financial planner professionals are committed to acting in your best interest. That's why it's got to be a CFP. Find your CFP professional at letsmakeaplan.org. The 2024 presidential campaign features two candidates who are very well known to Americans. And yet there's complexity at every turn. Criminal trials for one of those candidates. Young voters who are angry. The Campaign Moment podcast from The Washington Post gives you what matters. I'm Aaron Blake, and I'm covering my 10th election cycle. My colleagues and I have insights that you won't find anywhere else. So follow the Campaign Moment right now, wherever you're listening. With AT&T in-car Wi-Fi, elevate your adventure by transforming your vehicle into a reliable Wi-Fi hotspot. Connect up to 10 devices up to 50 feet away from your vehicle, making it ideal for camping and road trips. Don't miss out on the fun. Embark on your next adventure today. Visit att.com slash in-car Wi-Fi to check if you're eligible for a free trial. Always pay careful attention to the road and don't drive distracted. Wi-Fi hotspot intended for passenger use only when vehicle is in operation. Compatible device and vehicle required. How many things are different since we met, since before the pandemic, how my life has changed and how a lot of people's lives and, and how things that you didn't realize were so important are really the important things, right? It's not just your career and it's not just, you know, how you show up at work. It's just, it's really the words that come out of your mouth and how you live your life. Bobby, we're talking to Malik Yoba. My favorite memory of him is seeing him in Cool Runnings when I was a kid. So that was my initial reference point. But obviously, he's done a bajillion things since then. Yeah, he he is way much more than that. I first met him at the George Hotel. He was having breakfast with some nice lady. And I went up to him. I said, oh, my God, you are so cute. Are you a trainer? I didn't know who he was. And I was my my boys were with me and they looked at me and they're like, Mom, you don't know who that is. And, and we become friends ever since then. But I'm I'm really looking forward to hearing what he has to say. So here's our conversation with Malik Yoba. Hey Malik. Hello, Bobby. Oh my god, just that voice. Wait, say it again. Just Hello, Bobby. Um, Malik, meet Anjali. You know, it almost sounds French. 
Angelique. It does, but it's Indian. I know, but I think we're going to start saying it the way you say it. That's a way better way. What is your name, Angelique? It's perfect <laughs> for you. <laughs> good to see you. Good to meet you. Yeah, good to see you too. Malik, your uh, your bio that they gave me is about 24 pages long. It's kind of mind-blowing everything you have done. You're like you're like one of those like ridiculous hyphen guys. But congratulations on your doctorate. So now you are <laughs> Dr. Malik. Dr. Yoba. I'm like can you guys say yeah. it? Actually, can you say Doc- Dr. <laughs> Dr. Malik Dr. Yoba. Yoba. I like it. Yeah. I like it. Yeah. yeah. So, so congrats Thank on the you. start of this like amazing, cool journey you're on. And um, I was really excited to have you on because this podcast is called The Important Things. Mm-hmm. It's not just about all your like ridiculous amount of things that you have done, but it's like why and how and who. Mm-hmm. So if if you could do me one favor, if you could just tell the people that are listening how you would describe yourself, like in, how do you introduce yourself and tell people what you do? A work in progress. And I usually say, OK, well, we're in the elevator. Well, <laughs> so people say, well, what do you do? I like to say I'm in the give a damn business. Mm-hmm. And so it, if I say that if I'm in church. So you know what I say. OK. You know. <laughs> Otherwise, no, I mean, we're we're not. Yeah, we're not in church. I'm in the closet. I'm in the give a fuck (laughs) business. I'm in the give a fuck business. That has a lot more oomph to it. But, you know, I was just born with a particular, um, as my mother would say, you were born with a star over your head. And for me, Mm. that star has always guided me towards service. So that's why my bio is so long, because if you look at it, the majority of it um, is about, you know, me caring about other folk and doing things in different spaces to improve a lot of other people. That's how we were raised to contribute and to, you know, not just take, but, you know, my father would say, if, if there's a crack, fill it, you know? And so mm. I kind of took that literally. But, but actor, I mean, I, I know you sing. I do. Correct. Mm-hmm. You do. So do. have you ever done a musical? Oh yeah. yeah. I started off doing uh, musicals as a kid. That's how I started. Like theater for me, I saw Alice in Wonderland when I was four years old, and and um, uh, that's kind of where the dream began. Just seeing those characters on stage, um, and then you know being taken to theater as a kid. Uh, we grew up at a time when there were actually drama programs in in most public schools. Um, where did you grow up? Uh, I was born in the South Bronx, raised in Spanish Harlem. Uh, but I always went to school, uh, you know, we can get into a much deeper conversation about why uh, schools in the hood, you know, don't have the real estate tax base to provide proper education. So our parents always um, sent us downtown. Um, so my schooling was 96th Street, 3rd Avenue, PS 198, then I went to uh, Wagner Junior High School, where a lot of this all began around the theater stuff. I was part of the Metropolitan Opera Children's Theater Guild where they would go around the city and audition kids and um, they'd decide who they thought was talented and they would teach you the gamut, like writing, producing, directing, how to, we'd made our own lights, um, costumes. They'd take you on tours of the Met, you'd see the opera, which was an amazing, amazing experience as a, as a kid in New York at the time. So that's where it began, just wanting to be on, on stage. And that's, that's, I think, where a lot of, you know, this service stuff came from 
I was always given a seat at the table as a kid. And so I always thought that that was important to do to other people. And what kind of student were you? It depends on who you ask. Uh-huh. I'm, I'm, <laughs> what would your mom say? I read my, I, 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 you know, I read, I talked a lot. I always had something to say. But I think as I got older, I realized because I think I was, I kind of was repressed at home. You know, I wasn't given a lot of space to fully express myself. So I think I acted out a lot because of that. Yeah. Did, were you, uh, did you get in trouble a lot? I didn't use that language. Uh-huh. No, I did. Hell yeah. yeah. <laughs> now I got in trouble all the time. Like, you know, in, in elementary school, junior high school, they, they would give you a, a, a U or an S for satisfactory, a U for unsatisfactory, for baby and self-control. Mine was always a U. Uh, well, it was always a U. But, but didn't like acting kind of channel some of that energy and maybe that's why your parents kind of pushed you that direction? Um, well, my father wasn't having it. He didn't want us really to do any of that. Certainly not professionally. My mother was more of the whatever you want to do, I'll support you kind of kind of thing. But no, I, it, you know, I don't think it was necessary about channeling energy. I th- what drove me toward education, if you read my bio, it talks a lot about the work that I do in education, is because I had a sense as a kid, oftentimes the people who were supposed to educate me weren't capable of identifying my needs. And so I had that because there were teachers that saw me and those teachers, Miss Terrell, hmm. you know, fifth grade drama teacher understood who I was, gave me my first solo to sing at 10 years old in a play called Rowdy Kate. And this is a woman I invited to any production hmm. in junior high and high school, um, you know, because of that relationship or someone like Miss Donowitz, who was my English teacher in seventh grade. She was at my 30th birthday party mm. because she understood. And I was the kid who gave her my autograph and said, I'm going to be famous, so you should keep this. <laughs> uh, and she kept it. And, you know, I, I didn't believe her when she t- you told me that story. Like, I, I, when I, by the time I was what, 25 or 6 and I started doing New York Undercover, I told that story on an interview. And she happened to see it and Aww. recorded the interview, brought it to class, showed it to the students, and apparently showed them my autograph. Now, for years, I was like, ah, oh, that's sweet that you told me that. But did that really happen? I, I never questioned it until t- 2009. And I turned 30 in 97. So 2009, I'm in Puerto Rico in a club. And a woman comes up to me and says, did you have Miss Donowitz as your teacher in Wagner Junior High School? Because I was her student and she showed me the autograph that you gave her when you were a kid. And she would tell that story about you and to to the class. And then maybe a year or so later, right here in Brooklyn, another guy stops me coming out of the bodega and says the same thing. And so I guess Ms. Donowitz told me the truth. But those are the type of teachers that made me want to get into education. What an incredible gift to have teachers that saw you like that so young. And identified your yeah, talent yeah. or your needs and to really focus in on you is, is pretty extraordinary. I feel like not many people have that. I mean, everyone has a story of that one teacher. But. Because I wasn't a bad kid. I wasn't out here like setting a trash can on fire or beating people up. Right. I just <laughs> talked a lot. I had a lot of opinions. I saw the world a certain way. And I had a teacher, Miss Arias, who literally made a dunce cap out of oak tag and sat me in a corner and wrote dunce on it. And he ah. was that type of teacher that would tell the kids not to do things, but he would do them. Mm. Like, don't eat in class. 
but he'd have Kit Kats in his breast pocket and he'd eat them in front of us. And so fast forward, I'm now 20. I'm working in the 13 high schools in New York um, with the City Kids Foundation, uh, helping to reduce the dropout rate. And I'm running a workshop for teachers on how to communicate with students. And there's this one teacher that's disruptive. And I probably have 50 teachers in the middle of a library um, in a school in Harlem uh, running this workshop. And I look at this dude, I'm like, oh shit, that's Mr. Arias. Hmm. And I pointed him out and blew up his spot and said, you were that guy when I was 12. He didn't recognize me. Wow. When I was 12, you were my teacher. And that bullshit you're doing right now is what made me do what I'm doing right now. Because you were the guy that sat me in the corner with a dunce cap. The same thing happened when um, we had another Spanish teacher named Mr. Ambrose, who told a really good friend of mine, who's a, a very successful physician now. Adam grew up Puerto Rican kid. He grew up on 97th Street between Park and Lex. His father was a super of a building. Seven people in a one-bedroom apartment. Adam used to come to school with, like, no socks in the winter and a tracksuit and say he wasn't cold. Hmm. But he always dreamt about being a doctor. And Mr. Ambrose told him, oh, you know, you need to be a little bit more realistic. And when I did New York Undercover, I get invited to go speak at that same school. Um, and I invited Adam. And that principal, that teacher who told him that was now the principal, all proud of his former student. But I had to blow him up too. I'm like, bro, do you remember what you told Adam when Adam was 12? And so, you know, I think that you ask about, what's the name of this? The little things? No, no, right? no. The important things. The important things. The yeah. important things. Yeah. But the important things oftentimes are the little things because yeah. God is in the details. And when you do have the ability, to see people, whether they're students, adults, we all want to be seen. And so those teachers, both the ones that didn't see me and the ones that did are the ones that drove me to want to do education. Yeah. And what has changed for you? Like the important things, has anything changed, especially since the pandemic? Like how'd you do during the pandemic personally? You mean besides um, quadruple bypass and my mother dying and getting COVID twice? Fuck, nothing, I didn't nothing know that. Happened. No, nothing Shit. happened. <laughs> but I'm here. Uh. No, I'm here. Um, you know, the last few years have been quite interesting and transformative. Um, so I spent a lot of my time during the pandemic editing. I shot a documentary um, uh, in 2019 called The Real Estate Mixtape, which is about my journey pursuing my first development deal in New York. And I took seven young people with me. Um, and I, you know, in my mind, I was Anthony Bourdain, Parts Unknown, just bring, except shot it more cinematically and brought, you know, some cameras along and directed it while I'm in it um, and exposed these seven young people of color to this built environment um, and gave them access to the process on not just my journey uh, pursuing a dream. Um, of commercial uh, uh, real estate development in New York City, um, but also just turning light switches on in them and introduce them to people that would allow them to dream new dreams and feel like they could have agency in the city that we live in. Um, 
And so I shot that expecting to work with a couple other editors, but then COVID happened. So I ended up editing the whole thing myself. So it's, a, it's intended for high schools, colleges, and community screenings, um, which we've been Did doing. Did you have to learn editing or had you already been an editor? I, I've worked with editors like over their shoulder, but I, you know, got the, you know, um, Premiere Pro uh, software, which the learning curve is a bit like tedious and annoying. So I ended up editing this doc series on iMovie. But hmm. what wow. I loved about that experience was finding my voice as a director, particularly in um, documentary uh, format. Um, and then, you know, you trust in your instincts to say, I knew what I was shooting. I knew I had, you know, sort of episode ideas. I wanted to cover history, present, future, from redlining to, you know, people who were working finance to developers themselves, to people who are in construction, interior designers, and p political folks who make decisions in real estate, all the whole ecosystem. Um, but I found I had a good time, like finding an artistic voice. In my mind, I was making an art film that just happened to be about real estate because real estate is opaque. It could feel boring, but how do you make it sexy? More importantly, how do you make it emotional? And how do you drive a narrative that's you know aspirational, inspirational, emotional, accessible? It's not academic. So it was fun to like have this idea, which came to me actually um, while I was shooting a show called um, God Friended Me, where I was playing a real estate developer. And the character says a lot of the same things that I say in real life around the importance of having agency and equity and a seat at the table. And it was one of those art imitating life kind of moments. And I heard real estate filmmaking and young people. And I thought about, I was shooting here in Brooklyn, down the block from the projects, across the street from a major development that a friend of mine is developing, and thought about all the people who live in the projects and walk by film sets and construction sites and have no idea how to get in either world. And I just followed that voice that said, filmmaking, real estate, and young people. And it's resulted in um, the real estate mixtape, which, you know, is uh, part of the transformation that I'm talking about, big part of it, because, um, you know, I'm at a place where I've been dealing a lot with the important things, right? This theme, I'm going to keep coming back to, you know, when you are a commodity and we're watching Johnny Depp right now and Amber Heard as an example, and Depp said something to this, this you know, to the effect of it's hard to hear him say, hear his own name because he understands the commodification of his name. So it's not even him. Like we're watching what we thought was the persona of Johnny Depp. And then the veil is pulled back and now we're getting to see the person. Same thing with Will, right? Will smacks Chris. It wasn't the persona of Will, it was Will. And so when you're a public person and you're the commodity, the lens that you view life is through that lens, whether you are conscious of it or not. And it can be a very dangerous uh, place, the space between who you are and who you want the world to think you are or who the world thinks you are, which is even more challenging. Back to the important stuff. The important stuff is knowing who you are. And when you live this life as a commodity, 
it is easy to lose sense of who you are. And so who I am, I don't believe has ever changed, right? But what happened is because the journey in Hollywood, the commodification of the name Lake Yoba and the persona has created a distance between me and who the public thinks I am. And so this transformative time through COVID has been about reclaiming self because the commodity and the persona is for public consumption. And so in this time, you find self, you find, so who am I now? Who, what do I really care about? I care about the things I'm doing, right? Like Yoba Development as my development company, right? I, our slogan is we build builder of people, places, and things in that order. I don't know one real estate development company that has that as a mantra, because for most developers, it's six and bricks, penciling it out, do the numbers add up, let's get maximum profit for all of our extraordinary effort, because it is extraordinary. But if you look like me and you don't grow up around the, the table with your family teaching you these principles about how to build a business specifically in that area of real estate development, who is shaping the built environment that impacts all of us. And if we don't teach each other because we don't grow up at the table, um, sitting at the table, uh, we have to build our own table. We have to invite each other to the table. We have to eat together. We have to invest together. We have to be educated together. And so the authentic self, the important things is getting back to that core. That same kid that used to get in trouble in school because he has something to say, the same 20-year-old that was training those teachers and working in 13 high schools to reduce the dropout rate, the same 25-year-old that was working in Rikers Island, you know, a high school, the same 26-year-old that went to Ethiopia to help build a school or Belize and the work that I've done globally with young people, um, COVID and, and this time of intense self-reflection has produced incredible art. So not just the mixtape, but business and deal flow and opportunity. And so I'm at a place now where I'm spending the social currency that that commodity has generated, but not in the way I've done it in the past. So it has to be from a place of, of power, of authenticity, of purpose. It can't be come audition for this and be the actor. It's got to be the storyteller. It's got to be the business. So, person. are you done? Are you done acting? No, I'm not done. I'm writing a script right now. I'm writing a pilot right now. Okay. Um, mm-hmm. Doing a rewrite on a pilot that's set in the world of real estate. And so, for me, like, it's about distilling everything that you love, that you're passionate about, and which is the important thing. And then standing in that is the legacy, right? It's not about the roles that I've been known for. Those are IP I don't own. Right. Well, then, how do you how like? Give us, take us through your daily habits, because how do you keep yourself like feeling good and excited and attentive? Do you have any practices, any special way of eating? What's your workout? I, just the real I stuff. I don't eat. I don't sleep. No, I'm just kidding. And I don't <laughs> yeah. have sex. That is the key. Uh-huh. No, no. Um, well, I just, I, I, I've just left the gym a little while ago. Um, what do you do in the gym? full body work there's no all of it all of it so we don't okay. it's not like leg day yeah. arm day it's always a full yeah. body kind of situation and you walk a ton right you're a big walker I know well i was yeah so part of the heart recovery was walking up to like seven miles a day so that became a new ritual last summer which i really appreciated 
but I am 54. And sometimes the body's like, what do you think you're doing? Do you feel this knee? You feel this back? Sit down. But no, definitely that. Um, I used to soul cycle all the time. I haven't since the pandemic. But, uh, you know, just stay active. Um, work out, meditate regularly throughout the day. Um, I like to have quiet mornings when I can um, to just center myself and visualize or plan whatever I'm going to do for the day. And um, how about food? How about food? What, do you have a... Well, I'm vegan-ish now since okay. the surgery. Vegan-ish. Okay. <laughs> I describe myself that way too. I'm vegetarian-ish because <laughs> I eat bacon. I do I do eat cheese, but directionally vegetarian. That was my new I like that. Directionally yeah. vegetarian. Directionally. Yeah. I, I learned that um, this gift from my ancestors called congestive, well, it's called a few things, but I had four blocked arteries and I, I hate to say mm. it, you know, but that's what it was. Wow. I didn't know. So um, I just thought feeling what I thought was heartburn. Uh, I was working on um, the show, The Last OG uh, with Tracy Morgan and we finished work and I took a bike ride and I started feeling uh, what I thought was heartburn, but it turned out it was lactic acid. Um, mm. So I took a bunch of scans and um, blood tests and, stool test to figure out uh what it was and so um you learn that things like chicken and beef for a person that has a genetic predisposition can uh elevate your levels of c-reactive protein or lipoprotein mm. little a calcium so those things create blockage and you know plaque in the in the um in the arteries and so it was um it was a it was an eye opener and a chest opener. Yeah. Boom. Well <laughs> no, but how lucky. I mean, you know, how lucky that you found someone that found it and you could make the changes. Yeah. I'm very, very grateful. So, you know, those are those things like, you know, there are things that we consciously want to change and then there are things that life just goes, hey. And I feel like the last three years has been a whole lot of life. Like, bro, you think you're going in this direction? No, you're not. <laughs> no, no, you're not. No, this is what you're doing now. So, yeah. I'm Katia Adler, host of The Global Story. Over the last 25 years, I've covered conflicts in the Middle East, political and economic crises in Europe, drug cartels in Mexico. Now I'm covering the stories behind the news all over the world in conversation with those who break it. Join me Monday to Friday to find out what's happening, why, and what it all means. Follow the global story from the BBC wherever you listen to podcasts. Xfinity has free premium networks for everyone this month, no matter what kind of entertainment you love. Addicted to true crime? Catch killer cases and more spine-tingling shows on A&E Crime Central. Crave adventure? Explore Asian action movies on Hayah. Searching for something extreme? Check out skating, snowboarding, and more on Fuel TV Plus, the global home of action sports. And find crowd-pleasing bops on iHeartRadio's Hit Nation playlist. There's new free shows and movies to love every week. Say free this week in your Xfinity voice remote. Asking the right questions can greatly impact your future, especially when it comes to your finances. So if you're looking for a financial advisor you can trust, certified financial planner professionals are committed to acting in your best interest. That's why it's got to be a CFP. Find your CFP professional at letsmakeaplan.org.
I bet you're smart. Yeah, and you like to hold your own in the group chat. We can help you drop even more knowledge. My name is Martine Powers. And I'm Elahe Izadi. We host a daily news podcast called Post Reports. Every weekday afternoon, Post Reports takes you inside an important and interesting story with the kind of reporting that you can only get from The Washington Post. You can listen to Post Reports wherever you get your podcasts. Go find it now and hit follow. Now I'd like to introduce you to Meaningful Beauty, the famed skincare brand created by iconic supermodel Cindy Crawford. It's her secret to absolutely gorgeous skin. Meaningful Beauty makes powerful and effective skincare simple, and it's loved by millions of women. It's formulated for all ages and all skin tones and types, and it's designed to work as a complete skincare system, leaving your skin feeling soft, smooth, and nourished. I recommend starting with Cindy's Full Regimen, which contains all five of her best-selling products, including the amazing Youth Activating Melon. Melon Serum. This next generation serum has the power of melon leaf stem cell technology. It's melon leaf stem cells encapsulated for freshness and released onto the skin to support a visible reduction in the appearance of wrinkles. With thousands of glowing five-star reviews, why not give it a try? Subscribe today and you can get the amazing Meaningful Beauty system for just $49.95. That includes our introductory five-piece system, free gifts, free shipping, and a 60-day money-back guarantee. All of that available at MeaningfulBeauty.com. How's your personal life? What, what about it? Your friends, I know you. your friends. I just had dinner with yeah. you. I just had dinner with you. <laughs> what do you do for fun? What do you do you. for lightness? No, but lightness. You you know, you're you're a heavy dude. We need no, no, lightness. No, like no. it's it all depends on how you see it. This is light. Why is this heavy? Like life is this is an amazing life. I'm a black man in America, 54 years old. Like, you know what it is every single day, right? Every day. What is it like to grow up in this country at this time looking like me? You got to be light. It ain't heavy. Mm-hmm. You got to fly yeah. above it. You can see it objectively and see the chess pieces and make your moves. I'm living the dream. I have a life that people dream about. And I'm manifesting every single day. Every day. So you say, what's the fun? Fun is talking to you right now. Like, this is not, no, but it is. You know, I remember my daughter was 16. She, you know, at 16, she's like, my friends always say, like, Dina, why are you so deep? And these are just family. This is the way we are. This is not, it's just, you know, you got to have, there's levels of consciousness. I didn't come on this to, like, talk some bullshit. I have all kinds of fun. Like, uh, you know. The show's called The Important Things. We want to go deep. I mean, it's like getting past all this, you know, the other stuff. Like, again, we can read your bio. Your bio is incredibly impressive. And I feel like we haven't even scratched the surface in this winding conversation to actually tell people what you do because you do so much. But then when you really go down to the core of it, it's clear that there are red threads through your work. Like, to me, it's it's very clear that, you know, service working with kids, empowering young people, um, inspiring young people to do beyond what they think they might be capable of. You know, it's just like there's there's pretty clear threads connecting everything and then clearly rooted in themes of um, areas of interest that you have, like real estate or, or the like. But, um, you know, I think that is, it's really what we're trying to get to in all these conversations. So I'm going to shut up, just ask me more questions. So I, I have fun, all kinds of stuff. Like, you know, I, like to build business, like I've had restaurant 
marketing company. I've had a theater company. I'm doing real estate. Like to have dreams and to manifest them and understand how to unlock these laws of the universe to live a life that most people dream about but never achieve because they don't understand how to think, right? I can say things like, yeah, I'm a black man in America, you know what that is, but I don't walk around like with the heaviness of that shit. Mm. Like I was born to be a king. Like we were raised to be kings. Like that's what my father said. Like you were raised to be a king. Yoba means last of the slaves, a new generation, a name he made up, right? And gave meaning to. He was born Milton Myers. Sounds like he could be your uncle, Bobby. Milton, <laughs> Milton, Milton <laughs> Myers. <laughs> but, but, okay, so I'm a serial entrepreneur. I don't yes, have any hobbies. Are. No, but wait, I don't wait, have any wait, hobbies. Wait, wait, wait. How does that work? I don't have hobbies. But as an entrepreneur, you don't look at that as a hobby? No, my, my work is my passion. It's what I love to do. New businesses. But and and yes, I don't have hobbies. I don't play golf. I don't play tennis. I don't go I to the theater. I play golf. I play tennis. Okay. I go to the I don't theater. Do I, don't, I do. But I like to let's dance. Go. We should go to the theater and then let's go out dancing. I, li- I like. Actually, I like to. Yeah, I, I'm a terrible dancer. I could You're never dance. You're a great with you. dancer. I've seen you cut a rug, Bobby. Why, why don't you go to the theater? You don't go to the theater, Bobby? But is that a choice? Like, you just go, you know, I'm going to live a life with no hobbies, or you just get too no, busy? No, no, no. I, no, I just <laughs> I get bored easily. I just get bored. I mean, I think golf is the most boring thing in the world. And yeah, I just find it boring. Oh, I'd have to agree with that. Your husband plays though, right? My husband plays golf yes. and so do my, so do all of my three sons. Uh, uh, well, we sh- there you go. Let's, yeah. I, I need to go play golf with the yeah. other side of your family. You can take, um, yeah. you can take all yeah. the guys golfing, Malik. We, we're, well, Bobby and I will sit and have drinks with your daughter. You're 21 year old, but then you guys hey. can go and all play yeah. golf. <laughs> But theater you go to, Bobby, do you not go to see the theater, Bobby? I have not been to the theater since the pandemic. So hopefully when I remount my one man show, Harlem to Hollywood, with that yeah. character, Gladys Rosenberg, my therapist, let's talk, okay? <laughs> I would talk to Malik. I will, she I calls will be me there. Malik. Gladys oh Rosenberg, geriatric pole dance instructor, part-time therapist to the stores, Okay. You have a wo- a Jewish woman therapist? I did, yeah. Really? Yeah. Oh, oh I did too. Yeah. Really? My f- I've had yeah. Jewish women. I had a Latin guy. I've had a black woman. I've had all kinds of therapists. Huh. I'm more into life coaches. Right. Have, I am. I'm really into life coaches. Like, I'm yeah. stuck with this. What do I do? How do I drink more water? You know, <laughs> right, how do I right. deal with someone annoying me? Yeah. How, how, <laughs> uh, so they've been really uh, effective. And where do you find them? I've thought about that. I've never um, had one, but I've thought about yeah. that. Yeah. Oh, no, it's amazing. It's amazing. He really helped, and he helped me kind of get things straight and helped me deal with some emotion, and he helped me love my messy house. Ooh. Like like things that were driving me nuts. He what, it's like did, it wasn't it wasn't a shrink thing. And I would tell him all the things that would drive me nuts. So first he'd say, Well, visualize yourself with your kids running all over that couch. That's why it looks like that. See the happiness. But then he said, Go around the house, take a picture of everything that bothers you. And I did. He said, send it to me. I sent him the film. He printed it out. He gave me a Sharpie. He said, This week, go circle what bothers you. I did it. The next week, he came back and gave me names of people to fix the things that were bothering me. So that's what a life coach does. Helps you solve the problem. So he's like Angie's List. He's a little bit of Angie's List, a little Tony Robbins. <laughs> if I, if like I needed it. <laughs> yeah, Task <laughs> Rabbit needs. 
Wow. <laughs> meets wow. the home edit. Meets T- Tess Rabbit. <laughs> That's kind Robbins. of awesome, though. Okay. Yeah. yeah. Worked. It worked for me. You know, this this real estate uh, is actually kind of taking over my life in a lot of ways, but a good yeah. way. In a good way. Yeah. Because uh, you start a company, you know, you start some shit, then you got to be responsible. You tell people you got yeah. a dream, and then they buy into your dream. Then they show up. They yeah. start calling you. And then you got to, oh, man. But but no, it's fun. Like, back to the fun. I mean, literally every single day. Like, I had heart surgery August 19th. I was laying on my back of 2021. Of 2021? 2021. Just, this just so happened? Not even a, not a year ago. Yeah. Oh my so goodness. not even a year ago. And so when I couldn't walk 20 feet or a half a block to regain everything, right? Body atrophies. You really have an existential time of in, of everything. Like, am I going to lay here? Like, you understand how people end up broke and depressed because you can't move, mm-hmm. right? And physically, you're vulnerable. You're anxious. So... It, this is not even June, right? So I, <laughs> I literally went to the hospital with two computers and three drives because they told me I was just having an angiogram. They're like, oh, it's going to be like, you know, overnight and maybe we'll have to keep you. It's like an hour procedure. So I get up off that table and they're like, uh, we need to admit you right now. Mm. And so I was admitted August 16th. And so I came out August 24th. Could barely walk, as I said. But I was determined to walk out of the hospital door. They were like, do you want a wheelchair? I was like, absolutely not. Ego, ego, ego. But I made it. And it was like 900 degrees outside. And so I came home. And one of the first things I did, I just shot a short film that I'd written and directed in July. And in fact, July 31st and August 1st is when I was shooting it. Two weeks later, I'm in the hospital. Not knowing when I was shooting, the burning that was in my chest was actually, it could have killed me. And so I was editing the doc series. I immediately get to work, start editing the film from my couch. Um, And then uh, the walks gave me strength. And I thought I was wasting time, right? I would I would walk every day at 11 o'clock with another friend, Dan Pearson. And sometimes other friends, my daughter would join or other friends from out of town or sometimes men and women. It'd be like five, six people have meetings on the walk. And then business starts flowing again. Ideas start flowing, right? The work that I'm doing around this doc series, start sharing it with more people. Um, Traveling to screen my short film with Steve Harvey Foundation in Atlanta, going to Dubai. Like all of a sudden, I'm back in the flow, right? December, we start screening the real estate mixtape. The first screening we did um, was in a building in the South Bronx where we were crowdfunding for that actual purchase of that actual building. Well, not the purchase, but the opportunity to invest in the development of that property. Uh, this work with with Yoba Development and the Real Estate Mixtape, you know, there's a scripture that says your gifts will make room for you. And that can be interpreted in all kinds of other ways. But it is true. When you move with intention and you're on your purpose, all of a sudden, life 
begins to blossom and flow and the right people show up. So all of a sudden, um, all the things that I've been that have been gestating for the last four years are starting to reach fruition. This work has led to an actual development project in the South Bronx of affordable housing, a sports and wellness center, and a school. It's led to the doctorate. It's led to awards in real estate. It's led to me going to Alabama in a couple of weeks to screen the doc series there, Atlantic City or Connecticut a few weeks ago, which led to more opportunities with more people in finance or invest, helping to raise money for the company. So when you talk about fun, like waking up every day with the gift of life, I have three birthdays. I was born September 17th, 1967. I was shot January 18th. 1983, and I had heart surgery August 19th, um, 2021. So the gift of opening eyes, the gift of sight, of hearing, of being here, it's all fun. It ain't heavy. So so you mentioned <laughs> it, so I have to ask, you were shot? Yes, I was shot in Midtown Manhattan when I was 15 years old, 50th Street between 8th and 9th, um, when... Uh, I left school. I went to a school called Park West High School. And there were kids in the street acting up, beating each other up. And they were pushing people out the way so they could beat this kid. It was nine kids. One had a baseball bat. One had a golf club. And they were beating the shit out of this kid. And I'm like, I wish they would. Like, come. And they did. And so learn about the power of thought and speaking things into existence. So that autograph I wrote when I was 13, that thought of like, I wish they would, and they did. The next thing I know, I'm in the middle of it, and I get shot. Um, huge life lessons on the power of our words, you know? And so I'm and grateful. Intentions. I'm very, very grateful, yeah, to be here and to talk to you. And Okay, so Malik, you're doing so many different things. How do you actually stay grounded in all these different things? It sounds like you have a strong faith or meditation practice and sort of, you know, anchors, but tell us about that. I've been trying to, not trying to, I've been very intentional about language always, but certain, well, <laughs> sometimes I fuck up like we all do. But um, if you trust your instincts, right? A lot of times it's a whisper and it's like, oh, okay, go there, go there. Right. But I've been dealing with this very, what I realized is a very loud yelling of my spirit. Like, you can't do that, right? Late yesterday, I was supposed to, well, so Matt Damon and Ben Affleck are doing a film and Ben's directing it. I was asked to audition for it. And I was like, can we get a Zoom? They're like, nah, they're only doing, you know, the tapes. 30 years in this game. That's what I'm being asked still, right? Sometimes it's a straight offer, but stuff, can you come audition? For a casting director that's cast me in something before, and so when that happens, that's not where the flow is. The flow is in all this other stuff that I'm talking about. It's interesting because I'm observing myself. Like, like because in my heart, I'd rather be right here doing this, not on a set somewhere, doing someone else's vision, or sitting over there writing this pilot, or working on my book, or editing my next episode, or having meetings like I did with the DOE with the chancellor about the school-based education platform or meeting with Pratt because they asked me to be the honorary chair of the School of Construction or all these other things that are happening as a result of this work, this purpose. And so 
It's easy to stay grounded when you're clear around the purpose. So the discomfort has been my my instincts screaming at me and I'm not always listening because I'm feeling like, well, don't say, like Bobby asked me, am I done? No, I'm not done. I'm writing a character for myself in my own pilot and I'll die in the in the pilot <laughs> because it sets the story well, in motion. Now you just told everybody. You can't tell no, everyone no, what happens okay. in the pilot. I can always flashback. I can always <laughs> okay, flashback, right? I, I'd rather be directing and writing and producing and doing this real estate. And so it's interesting because I always said at some point, 80% of my income will come from things that I create. I didn't know that the last three years would be this period where it's, where it's happening. Um, and it's been, you know, partly me doing it and partly it's just, you know, the energy and the flow, right. In that other space. And so I stay grounded knowing that I'm staying on purpose, right? And so when things manifest, particularly particularly when you see the the rate at which things begin to manifest, right? It's been crazy the last six, seven months. Like, and I'm just watching this objectively, right? And going, wow, well, this is where I'm supposed to be. I have one final question, Malik. I ask everyone this. And it's it's an important one. If you could tell everyone that's listening one thing, one thing that they could do that would change their life, according to Malik. One ounce of doubt and you're out. Ooh, say that again. That's a good one. One ounce of doubt and you're out. Like people, the negative talk, like when you actually <laughs> sit and talk with folks about what's actually going on in their heads. There's some extraordinary stuff going on. And a lot of it's not pretty. And it's amazing because people don't realize that that is the key. That's 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 a law as surely as gravity is a law. Where our mind goes, we flow, right? You know, we are as a man think it so is, you know, so is he in his heart. Nothing is right or wrong. Thinking makes it so, right? Change the way you look at things, the things you look at change. All the, whether it's Wayne Dyer, whether it's the Bible, whether it's Shakespeare, you know, it's all the same thinking, right? Neville Goddard, whether it's, you know, Wallace Waddles, Napoleon Hill, you go back to, you know, human history. That's something that has been kept from people, quite frankly. And that's actually a big part of the real estate mixtape. As much as it's about exposing people to this world of the inbuilt environment and who's doing it, it's also about, helping people understand this thinking. You hear throughout, thoughts become things, connective tissue, right? And then what you see in it is actually, I step back and I, I purposely did this in the edit. I push the young people forward in the narrative because you see the lights go on in there, like in real time. And they're saying, wait a minute, we've only been doing this for like eight days. And I used to think this, and now I'm thinking this, and I can't believe I was raised this way. And now I need to go home and tell my mother, we've been doing it wrong for the last 30 years, right? It, that's a beautiful thing if you're able to do that. And so help people uh, not have negative thoughts about themselves and love on themselves a little bit more. I'm only scratching the surface of this guy, and I am so glad to meet you. And I know we have a lot more, a lot more catching up. So I'd like, I'd like you to come to my my town, come to Montclair, play golf with the boys, and check out Stevens Real Estate. And let's, you know, I'd love to. 
I'm Katia Adler, host of The Global Story. Over the last 25 years, I've covered conflicts in the Middle East, political and economic crises in Europe, drug cartels in Mexico. Now I'm covering the stories behind the news all over the world in conversation with those who break it. Join me Monday to Friday to find out what's happening, why, and what it all means. Follow The Global Story from the BBC wherever you listen to podcasts. Xfinity has free premium networks for everyone this month, no matter what kind of entertainment you love. Addicted to true crime? Catch killer cases and more spine-tingling shows on A&E Crime Central. Crave adventure? Explore Asian action movies on Hayah. Searching for something extreme? Check out skating, snowboarding, and more on Fuel TV Plus, the global home of action sports. And find crowd-pleasing bops on iHeartRadio's Hit Nation playlist. There's new free shows and movies to love every week. Say free this week in your Xfinity voice remote. Asking the right questions can greatly impact your future, especially when it comes to your finances. So if you're looking for a financial advisor you can trust, certified financial planner professionals are committed to acting in your best interest. That's why it's got to be a CFP. Find your CFP professional at letsmakeaplan.org. Trinity School of Natural Health can help you be part of the fast-growing health and wellness industry. With an education that empowers communities, Trinity grads can change lives by applying natural health principles and techniques in holistic practices or stores selling nourishing health products. Offering 19 online programs that fit your busy schedule, you'll get training to help turn your passion into a career. Enroll today at trinityschool.org. That's trinityschool.org. Open a limited-time 11-month certificate at Kemba Financial Credit Union. At 5.25% APY, it's more than triple the national average, plus it's a safe and secure way to grow your money. Visit your local branch or kemba.org slash cb for details. Offer expires May 31st, 2024. APY equals annual percentage yield. Restrictions apply. $500 minimum and $250,000 maximum deposit. Advantage status required. Comparison based on bank rate average. Federally insured by NCUA. 